Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. Hey, welcome to 2016. It's uh, Happy Hour Radio, live on your dial, Saturday nights at 6 o'clock, right here on 570 KVI. Hope you had a great holiday season, and uh, don't stop because uh, those Seahawks are still on a roll, aren't they? (laughs) I have the pleasure of uh, having a great new year, and thanks to Como and KVI, my uh, radio partners here, to uh, sustain me all this time, and my pal Kevin Dodrell, who is making you and me sound good, or my guests, I should say. Uh, Thanks to everybody. I'm thankful for all that. And it is 2016. Um, New Year's resolutions, I'm going to have better and bigger and (laughs) more prosperous show and taste great wine all the time and spirits and beer and food how about you um today's show tonight's show is uh it's just just packed with with cool cats i got uh, dave larson who is the founder of seuss creek winery here in washington and a pal uh keith johnson who works for uh, well he flies he's not rowing a boat. He's actually flying all over the world, finding great wines, and then bringing them here to the Seattle area. He's the founder and director of Tecapua. <laughs> Tecapa. Tecopa. Uh, we'll figure it out when I get him on the, on the air. Don't tell him I messed it up. But uh, Dave Larson, my old pal, welcome to Hi, Happy Hour Radio. It's good to be here. Hey, right on. So um, for all those uh, people listening in this new year, uh, Seuss Creek Winery, how'd you get that name? Uh, I asked some friends of mine to propose names, and the very first name that was proposed was Sue's Creek. Do you live by so there? I, yes, we do. It's about 500 feet from our home. <laughs> so I wrote the name down on a list, and uh, I acquired many more names and then went to a professional name picker, Terry Heckler, who thought of the Starbucks name. And he said, Sue's Creek is the, is, is the only good name on the list, and it's a great name. Go with that. I love that story. Terry Heckler, huh? <laughs> yeah. Does he sit on a pillow and have this kind of that swami leg cross thing and then <laughs> grants Prob- you of... Probably. <laughs> he also uh, designed the uh, the Starbucks um, a mermaid logo ah, well, and uh, and designed our all of our wine labels for us. And I love your wine labels. So, um, Dave Larson, how did you get into wine? Uh, I got into wine. It started when I on a trip to Europe when I was 23 years old, and we had wine with our meals. And I I realized that wine really enhances the meal. So that's what hooked me. What countries were those? Because I'm not thinking it's Germany right off the bat. The first country that we drank wine in was uh, Salzburg, well, France. Uh-huh. Salzburg, France. Ah, we had on a, the border there. We had a Burgundy. It was and it, it got my attention. But the next the, the, the next meal was in Rome. We had a 35-cent bottle of uh, a red wine that by itself was very grapey and, uh, and watery, but it really went well with the pasta and the bread. So That's the best thing about traveling. Everything tastes better and, and uh, smells better and is more fun when you're actually there. Hard to recreate that when you're home, but you were inspired. Um, I think your history is uh, an engineer. Uh, 
I was in finance at Boeing. Oh, finance. Yeah, finance. A bean counter. Oh, um, yeah. Or, uh, you know, peanut counter, I guess they would say, <laughs> with airlines. Um, and then you started, you said, hey, uh, Boeing has a little wine club, right? And you were you a part of that? I was. Uh, I started out, after my trip to Europe, I made bl- Blackberry wine for <laughs> a few years. And then I jo- joined Boeing and learned that they had a a winemaking club. So I, I joined that to get access to wine grapes and some winemaking equipment. And I made wine in the club for about three years. And I made a barrel of wine that uh, people thought was very good. And and for, for many years, I wanted to have my own company. So then I decided that, that I would get into the wine business. That's the business that I would get into. And I Brian Carter had just left Paul Thomas Winery to become a consulting enologist, and he kind of gave me the courage, you know, to uh, invest the money in a in a winery, and and so I made wine in our garage uh, initially. In big plastic garbage cans, is that how it works, or did you have some other things? It was so long. Yeah, I think it was big plastic garbage cans. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, it was. Yeah, the food yeah. grade yeah. ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> so cool. Well, who were some of the compatriots in that Boeing Wine Club early on? Uh, John Bell, he's got the Willis Hall Winery. Um, Tim Narby, he's got uh, uh, Nota Bene. Nota Bene, yeah. John Olson. Um, was there a few? Was uh, Ben Smith part of that? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Ben Smith came later, but right, he was in the club. That's great. Well, it's funny how uh, you know Boeing is is always looking to hire, but apparently they were hiring some uh, guys who were going to leave making wine. That's did you ever get your wine served out of Boeing plane? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> no inside track. <laughs> well, being a finance guy, I'm sure you had a great business plan because you re- recognize that uh, it takes money to make money. Um, yeah. How was the, what year was the first vintage for you? Uh, first commercial vintage commercial. was 1989. What? I, yeah, we made a hundred cases. 89. I think I was the first uh, person from the Boeing. Winemaking club to actually start a winery. I recall that you are. Yeah. And since then, there's been a few dozen, I think. That's right. You're a trailblazer. <laughs> We'd call you supersonic if we had a team yeah. up here but instead. Trailblazer. And uh, obviously, you uh, stuck with red wine, or were you uh, fickling with white? I've, I've stuck with red wine. I modeled myself initially after Colcita Creek. You know, they were doing one wine, they were specializing. And so I thought I would give, I would follow that model. I made a Cabernet only for 1989 until 1997 when I made our second wine, uh, the Sundance wine, which we have here today. Yeah, I love that label too. And so the the wine guru picked your name and helped you design the label, or was that somebody else? Uh, Terry Heckler helped with both the wine and all the labels. Uh, The idea... Uh, the idea for the uh, the concept of every label was mine, but I like with the first label, a horse. I said I want a horse, and then he gave me many renditions that I then chose among, you know, wh- wh- uh, which one we like the best. That's fun. I love that because uh, I'm an idea guy too. Here's my idea, folks, yeah. and let me tell you if I like that, <laughs> that design or not. I have the pleasure of uh, hosting Dave Larson in the new year with Seuss Creek Winery uh, website. Dave, website is. SuesCreekWine.com and Suze is spelled S as in Sam, O-O-S as in Sam. 
Creek. Creek. With a C. <laughs> E-E, not C-R-E-A-K. <laughs> right. SeussCreekWine.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now how, how many wines are you uh, fermenting these days? Uh, seven. Seven. I've got four here today. All right. Well, let's jump in. Uh, I'm thirsty for some red wine this new year. My my plan, my resolution was to drink great wine, and that's why you're here. So <laughs> wine you. number one is called Palisade, right? Palisade, What right. vintage do we have? This is tw- uh, 2012. It's uh, it's a Merlot, and it also has um, 11% cab in it. You know, a Merlot got kind of a bad rap from that movie Sideways, but yeah. uh, this it, is this is not like anything from the movie Sideways. No, no, <laughs> this is you know, a serious Merlot, <laughs> and and some of your uh, listeners may know that some of the greatest wines in the world, the most expensive wines in the world, are made from Merlot. Like Petrus? Yeah. Yeah, and 100%. Le Pen. Hey. Le, Le Pen, yeah. yeah. Pomerol rocks. Um, good stuff. And and it's cool that you actually had a um, a role model. And having uh, Alex Glitzen and uh, Paul Glitzen as role models mm-hmm. to... Uh, um, you know, to aspire to make great wine like that because uh, they are, again, pioneers here on the western side because they're one of the few who are making wine uh, on the west side versus the east side. Yeah, there's... Other uh, mountains, Cascades. Right. Yeah, the, yeah, most of the people are over here, but most of the grapes are over there on the east side. Uh, I know Keith Johnson's in the <laughs> studio. Keith, you should grab that bottle of Palisades and, and pour a little taste because uh, I want to get your uh, perspective on some of these wines as we move through them. Um, this Palisade is really fantastic. It's a big, full-bodied red wine. Uh, of course, you said it's 90 Merlot with a touch of Cab. Right. That's right, yeah. Yeah, 9010. And the vintage again is 2012? Exactly. Um, which was a uh, well back to a basic vintage for Washington because we we had all those chilly years and this this one turned out. Where are you sourcing your fruit from? Uh, for this wine, uh, uh, we get fruit from about eight different vineyards. The Palisades. I'm looking at my cheat sheet now. This here it so comes, comes mostly from Elephant Mountain. Oh, that's in Snipes Mountain or is that Yakima? Elephant Mountain is in in Yakima Valley, and. Uh, from the Clipson Vineyard. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they make great Merlot, Merlot as well as Cabernet. And the, the Bacchus, family. the Bacchus Vineyard. Oh, the so wa- Bacchus, yeah. part of the Columbia Valley, the That's Sage right. Farms. It, it's got uh, the Cabernet is from C.L. Du Cheval. Oh, excellent. So we've got two Red Mountain vineyards, a Yakima vineyard, and a Columbia Valley vineyard. But Sagemore Farms, um, Bacchus was planted in 72, I believe. That's yeah, a fairly uh, well. This block was not planted quite that far yeah, back. They've increased but, that, but That's it's cool. an old, it's an old vineyard. The Wallister family's running that. Kent Wallister, I think, is in charge right. of that, which is really yeah. They cool. do a great job. Um, wine number two is called. Wine number two is our Cabernet Franc. It's called Stampede Pass. Stampede Pass makes sense. I've heard of that. Sounds like it's someplace in Washington. Yeah, it's I have just, a I have a glass here, just um, east of. Uh, of Snoqualmie Pass. Mm, different. Uh, same oak regimen on these two wines? Um, this one smells like a little more chocolate to me. This wine actually has no uh, new oak. It's made almost, well, it's, it's made entirely from once-used barrels. Uh, okay. You still get the oak, but, yeah. but it's, uh, it, it's in the background. It is in the background. Um, it's a soft <laughs> mocha flavor or aroma. And you get some of that green uh, uh, herbal uh, pyrazine from the Cab Franc, just enough to give you that sense that this is the father of Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty hefty uh, Cab Franc. 
but it's got some of the the floral notes in the nose, which is a typical of Cab Franc. Oh, it's delicious. Mm. I think it's um, well-balanced and complex. It mm-hmm. definitely has some weight to it. This is more of a Loire Valley Cab Franc. Keith, what do you think of these wines? Spectacular. And you know what's kind of funny, too? He mentions the, the sideways uh, Merlot thing. Well, we've got Chateau Cheval Blanc, which is Merlot and Cabernet Franc. Best served out of a... <laughs> and it was a 1961 Cheval Blanc that Miles drank <laughs> while eating the burger there you go. in the booth. In the right? styrofoam cup. That's right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, these are wonderful. They have a really nice structure. Um, they're not overly weighty. Uh, they're not hot. They're just eminently elegant and, and drinkable. I agree, and, and, and that's why I'm so excited. My new, re- new Year's resolution is working well so far, <laughs> drinking fantastic wine with Dave Larson of Seuss Creek Winery. Um, Dave, you've, uh, uh, this is, you said 100% Cab Franc? 76%. 76, yeah. so just that's over the... Uh, just over the, uh, the legal the limit. minimum threshold. I was afraid that, uh, yeah, if it was all Cab Franc, it might be a fruit... Bo- uh, 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 what we call a fruit fruit bomb, so I add the uh, the cabernet in there to give it some structure and and to stand up to all that fruit from the cabernet franc. And so, where's cab franc from? Uh, for this wine, yeah, yeah, it's from the uh, D- Deneen Vineyard in the Rattlesnake Hills. Pat Deneen, yeah, and also a finance guy for many years, a banker, and, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. And a vineyard that most people probably haven't heard of yet. It's called Slide Mountain. It's in the Yakima Valley, a north-facing slope in the Yakima uh-huh. Valley. You know, that's almost unheard of. But Wow. I mean, in the old days, Yakima Valley was called Green Valley. The <laughs> 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 wines were so cool and but green. The grower there um, treats every vine like a bonsai. Plant. A bonsai tree? Yeah, yeah. He gives he he, he lavishes a lot of attention. Does he make on funny his shapes vines. and all that or something. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Um and you've got uh two more wines for us to taste. I do. What are these wines we're gonna taste? Here? Uh the next one is gonna be uh, a cabernet called Terrible Beauty. Terrible Beauty. There was a bar in West Seattle called that, Terrible Beauty. That's where the name came from. Really? But how but many beers? <laughs> they got the name from uh William Butler Yeats poem. There's a line in the poem. And a terrible beauty was born. That's that's where that came from. I love it. Well, I, I picked the name because it fits the. Uh, oh, the, look at the label! The lady on the label, as well as the character of the wine. So funny. So this wasn't a Terry uh, Hatcher guy. Did Terry Heckler's Heckler. firm actually designed the label oh. after I gave him the artwork. I love it. Well, I'm speaking with Dave Larson, and I got uh, Keith Johnson both in studio here on Happy Hour Radio. We're tasting great Seuss Creek Winery wines, and we come back from the break. I'm going to dive into uh, a little terrible beauty in my glass. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, I'm Chef Jeremy McLaughlin with Salty Seafood Grills, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBI. A look at the world from a Northwest perspective. Lars Larson, live, weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570 KBI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's time for segment two, and I've got uh, two cool cats in the studio. Keith Johnson, who is, uh, well, founder and director of this international wine company that uh, we are blessed to have here in Seattle, and also old school, uh, 
wine guy, I'm going to call you old school because these wines are great structure and balance and have just enough of the old world and the new world. It's the perfect combination. Dave Larson with Seuss Creek Winery. He is the founder. Uh, it's SeussCreekWine.com is the website, and uh, he produces seven wines right now, was it? Mm-hmm. And uh, we just tasted the Sun Palisade, then the Stampede Pass, Stampede Pass, which is uh, seventy-six Cab Franc, and the rest is uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Right. Um, of course, the Palisade is a great Merlot. If people poo-poo Merlot, pour them this because that'll change their mind right away. It's ninety percent Merlot, ten percent Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, the next one you said is a terrible beauty. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> a it's a cab. It's it's Cabernet Sauvignon. I was able to uh, uh, acquire some uh, Cabernet grapes from some great vineyard sources, um, Elephant Mountain, again, yeah. Clipson, uh-huh. and Wallula. Oh, Wallula Gap. On the Columbia yeah, River. Yeah, yeah. If anybody gets a chance to, to visit that uh, vineyard in person, they should not pass it up. It's, it's gorgeous. It is really it's gorgeous. Breath, breathtakingly beautiful. I mean, people around the world would put that on postcards because yeah. that's that's someplace, but uh, there's no little shops to buy any postcards <laughs> there in Wallula. Um, I just took a, a, a beautiful um, inhale of this terrible beauty, and it is smells Perfect. It smells just like Cabernet Sauvignon. Thank you. And 100%? Uh, 90%. 90. And 10% Merlot. Yeah. And uh, what I like about the wine uh, is a combination of flavors. It's got not only the gorgeous uh, Washington fruit flavors, like black currants, but it's also got some nice herbaceous and earthy flavors. Oh, my. So, is that 12? Yes, it's 12. 2012 vintage. The Terrible Beauty. Don't let the name fool you, because this is a beautiful wine. Um, that's why you got beauty in the name, um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's a terrible shame if you don't actually try this wine. Um, how delicious. Uh, this tastes like 60% new oak. It's about 50% new oak. Yeah. Right there. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well done. Did you actually visit with uh, um, Glitzen and actually see? They got some proprietary fermentation processes, but... Um, you've you've nailed it. Every, each of these wines has a distinct style uh, and grace and power, which I think is important for Washington. We love the structure. Well, mm-hmm. I love the structure, and I love the ripeness, and you've captured it. Thank you. Yeah. What are the price points of the Palisade, the Stampede Pass, and the Terrible Beauty? Palisades is uh, twenty twenty five. Uh, Terrible Beauty is twenty five uh, stampede passes thirty you're kidding that's a great bottle of wine for twenty five smokes <laughs> wow how much and what's your production of this terrible beauty uh terrible beauty I think I made about two hundred and fifty cases of that where can we find your wines online of course seusscreekwine.com. Right, right um uh paul uh, Paul Zitarelli. Paul Zitarelli. Full pull I wines. came out with an offer at Full Pull this morning of the Sundance. So that's available from him, as well as a lot of the local wine shops. Yeah, we're going to try the Sundance next. But my goodness, Dave, um, you are a hero for uh, the Seattle uh, elevated wine enthusiasts because these wines are spectacular. Um, beautiful representation of the style with the Merlot and the Cab, and then, of course, the Cabernet Franc. Um, I'm just totally impressed. Obviously, we haven't connected in probably five years, and in a real um, 
uh, environment where we can taste and talk. I think I've seen you at the last, just uh, recently at the uh, Salty's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Elliot right. Bay tasting. Right. Um, but it's hard to. This is my little, my little, my little man cave, <laughs> if you will, little wine cave. Um, wow, this is great. And and Keith, uh, terrible beauty, isn't that just? Spot on. This is this is great wine. I mean, there's there is ripeness to it, but the earth is also wonderful in this wine. Mm. And for twenty five dollars, really? Oh, I mean, man. compared to what we usually have to spend for a Washington Columbia Valley wine of this caliber, it's just outstanding. That's a seventy five dollar wine in Napa. That's what you look yeah. for, and if probably sixty here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, good job. Uh, and I see your head is still regular size. Right <laughs> um, all right. Final wine is called Sundance. Right. And this is a Bordeaux blend, meaning it's a, a blend of up to five different grapes, Cab, Cab Franc, yeah. Merlot, right. Petit Verdot, and Malbec. What's in this particular This uh, would blend? be about half Cabernet Sauvignon, about 30% Cabernet Franc, and the balance is Merlot. And this is uh, a wine that's that's made... From the leftover barrels, after I've blended the other wines, whatever is left over is a candidate to go into this wine. So the good thing about it is, even though it's kind of my entry-level $20 wine, it's oh, made from man. the same vineyards as, as the other wines. Well, we'll say declassified. That sounds more sophisticated than leftovers. <laughs> 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 yeah, my leftovers been on the stove for two days. That's all right. Come on, just heat it up real high. Yeah. Um, wow. Sundance. So it's uh, 50% Cab, mm -hmm. 30%... Cab Franc. Cab Franc and the rest Merlot. Right. Um, it's another beautiful wine. You've uh, dialed it in. I figured you, since 1989, um, wow, that's uh, you're a veteran. What what wine bond were you? One, one <clears throat> excuse me, 167. 167. Wow. And I'm pretty sure probably 50 of those wineries are no longer existing because yeah. uh, the Paul Thomas is in the, yeah. uh, oh, I got this great poster from 1984 that, reminds me of all the wineries that were our godfathers. Actually, that's coming on, uh, what, 30 years away, 30 years ago. Um, so fun. Well, Dave Larson, I want you to stick around. Um, hey, folks, you have to try these wines in the new year. Uh, my uh, New Year's resolution was to taste world-class wine, great wine, and uh, Seuss Creek has nailed it. Uh, SeussCreekWine.com. Dave Larson is uh, the winemaker and the uh, CFO, I imagine, right? I wear all the hats. He wears all the hats. <laughs> the, uh, barrel washer and, uh, of course, the uh, the grape cruncher um, and more. Well, um, Dave, stick around. These wines are so fabulous. I uh, want to take them slow, but they're so tasty. I want to drink them now. And Keith Johnson, um, let's talk about you. And uh, welcome back. You just got back from Spain and Portugal. And welcome back to your dark, rainy, wet Seattle. Well, you know, I, I must say it, it felt refreshing at first, but these last few days have been pushing it a little bit. So, uh, Yeah, well, you know, New Year's resolution is, uh, you know, go to, go to the South America. Right, exactly. <laughs> Southern December. Hemisphere in January. Maybe Chile. Uh, well, Chile, and uh, let's talk about your wine portfolio. And how do you say the name? It's uh, it's Dacopa. Dacopa. D a q o p a, and D the website is dacopa dot com. Dacopa. Well, what that is, Chris, yeah. is actually a Georgian word, former Soviet Georgian, that means to share. Oh. And if you remember, I when I remember. founded this company about seven years ago now. Um, been in the business for 35, but, but this company is only about seven years old. Uh, you and I put some time into trying to develop awareness for the wines of Georgia. Yeah, and it was really cool. It's a remarkable, remarkable region and, and incredible wines. Not exactly easy. 
Um, but we had a lot of fun. Yeah, the, and, the names were just so uh, so wild and um, old world. It was like studying a new language. It's not intuitive at all to look at their <laughs> words and be able to pronounce them. But, you know, we had some fun doing it, and, and that was one of the first projects that I had. I know. What a treat, because you and I had the same common denominator, and that was Bob Walsh, Correct. who was one of my heroes. Correct. I interned with him back in college, and he is an events guru that I totally admire. Um, and uh, he was uh, working with you and some Georgia stuff. And That's so, right. um, just quickly, give us some of the names of those Georgian grapes, because there was Saparavi. There was... Saparavi, of course, is the benchmark red, yes. and the one that they make almost everything out of that is red. But the white wine grapes, like Mitzvani, M-T-S-V-A-N-E, these these varietal names that start with four consonants, you know, Ricazzatelli. Ricazzatelli, yeah. Some pronounce the R a little harder than others, but that's probably the most commonly known white. And, and it makes some beautiful wines. Um just great, great wines, uh, incredibly intense stories of, of how that country, you know, was the birthplace, was the cradle of winemaking in the world. There's really no argument about that archaeologically or historically that somewhere around Georgia or Armenia, the, the Caucasus, the south of the Caucasus range, it was the birthplace of wine. And there is pit evidence for this and carbon dated evidence for it. So the stories are wonderful. The wines are a little tough to pronounce. They're getting a little more attention now than they were getting when you and I were. A lot more songs in the them. community these days yeah, in the world, and they're always looking for something to geek out on, like I am. And um, I had Karen McNeil, the author of the Wine Bible, on uh, last month, and she we talked about the birthplace, and she mentioned Georgia and Iran and uh, Iraq and the um, Euphrates River, yeah. and it seems like that sure. was. And when you say Caucasus area, yeah. that's how Caucasian came about. Yeah, exactly right. You know? Exactly right. <laughs> look how look what that did for America. <laughs> Uh, no comment. Very cool. Well, um, when we come back from this break, we're going to dive in. You brought four super wines, I'm sure, and I'm excited to have uh, uh, my friend Dave Larson chime in on some of these old world wines. To, and it's always a learning experience for me. What did you bring real quick? Uh, well, if we are going to work backwards, which makes sense after tasting Dave wi Dave's wines, we'll start with the Karma Carmenere from the Colchagua Valley of Chile. Um, two sparklings, one from Spain, one from B.C., and a Portuguese rosé. B.C. meaning British Columbia, not before... Uh... <laughs> Caucasus. <laughs> exactly. Before Caucasus. <laughs> I'm having a great time in the Happy New Year to everybody. It's a happy hour radio. I've got Dave Larson with Seuss Creek Winery and Keith Johnson with Decopa. He's uh, got four wines for us to taste when we come back from this break. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. I'm Kamala Saxon with Marination, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for segment three, round three, and uh, hope you didn't give up drinking. <laughs> For the new year, because, <laughs> well, um, you can taste virtually through uh, me and my great guest, Dave Larson with Seuss Creek Winery, and uh, right now it's Keith Johnson with Decopa. Keith, we're talking about old world wines now, and the first red wine you've got for me is? Well, it's from a new world country, but uh, it is an old world grape, and it's the only... Uh 
Bordeaux red varietal that we didn't touch on in working through the things that Dave poured. This is the lost varietal of Bordeaux. Exactly right. Number six, and that is Carmenere. So this is my Karma brand, Carmenere, from the Colchagua Valley of Chile. It's cute boy George. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. (laughs) I'll take it. Anybody that wants to sing that while they're drinking it, it's fine. Yeah, I'm feeling that way right now. (laughs) Well, this is the 2013. um, For the first time in 2013, uh, since I've been importing this wine. This is my seventh vintage with this wine in the Seattle area. Um, it has 15% Malbec, actually. So that was a winery decision to try to appeal a little bit in Chile, in fact. Oh, really? To a flavor profile that Malbecs from Argentina have been driving a little bit, and that is to punch the fruit up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Carmenere can be, and you talked about pyrazines earlier, Carmenere can end up being a little bit on the overly herbaceous side. Um, green, if wrong, right? Red bell pepper, perhaps, if right. Yes, green bell pepper, when you're not so fond, red bell pepper, like, hey. Exactly right. And so to always need to hit that balance exactly right with a value-priced Carmenere, this wine remember is ten dollars to the consumer in this market yeah so um and that's partly because i'm a one-man operation low margins it's just me i can do that this shouldn't be ten dollars but it is yeah you know that's that's the one-man show situation good for you um good for us no good for you i hope yeah and this is this is quite popular with a lot of restaurants by the glass pours around seattle lots of hip joints are pouring it and uh, lots of great independent merchants like Leshai Market and Esquin. These are the kind of stores that I have. Whole Foods is about my biggest grocery store with almost all of my brands. you got to love this wine because that uh, that fruit punch comes out, I should say punchy fruit, is forward. Of course, Malbec, which is dark fruit flavors. Carmenere was more in that uh, dark red to, to light red tone with the uh, touches of green basil, if you call it, or bell pepper. Um, Great job. Stylistically, this is a well-made wine, which is really impressive for Chile because um, when you think of $10 wines, you're thinking, yeah, okay. But uh, uh, Dave, do you have any of this in your glass? I do. I, I've, I've tried it. It's, uh, I really like the delicious flavors, and it's a, a supple, easy-drinking wine. And for ten dollars, it's a great value. Yeah, thanks. Well, you know, supple is a good word and easy drinking. There, there are those that nickname Carmenere Cabernet in silk pajamas. Right? Have you heard that before? <laughs> you know, I have not <laughs> because it is a clonal cousin of uh, Cabernet and Merlot and Cabernet uh, Franc. So it's Cabernet in silk pajamas. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of. Uh... Big belly and hairy chest. <laughs> or should I be thinking of the uh, the mysterious uh, other silk pajama person? Um, really tasty. And what's it called? It's Karma is the brand. C-A-R-M-A. Karma Nair. Uh, and that is the varietal. Um, awesome. In Chile, by the way, pronunciation Carmenere. In Carmenere. French, Carmenere. Carmenere. Yeah, so Chile Carmenere. goes with the Carmenere straight across. Um, and, of course, the story of Carmenere is its own unique universe yeah. where the Chileans thought they had Merlot because it looks exactly like Merlot. It doesn't ripen exactly like no, Merlot. No, it ruined the Merlot uh, industry for Chile. It ruined almost the entire red wine industry for Chile because yeah. they were blending what they thought was Merlot right. into almost all of their That's reds. And in the fact, what were they doing? They were putting in underripe Carmenere. Yeah. 
And that, that took them a long time to come back. It's been 26 years now since it was actually identified as Carmen Air. Well, they have the Internet now down in there. So. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they do. <laughs> they could look it up. Somewhere around Santiago. Oh, we tease. We, uh, we love Chile. Chile's got a really great country because it's all along the coastline of South America. It's just, I mean, they live on, which is interesting because there's a lot of seafood, but they get that sort of beefy thing from the Argentines. Absolutely, they do. It's 112 miles average distance across Chile and 2,500 miles long. Yeah, 2,500. So this is a, it's a, a crazy narrow, narrow country and every kind of microclimate you can imagine. So, And it's also kind of like a greenhouse. There's almost never a bad vintage in Chile because oh. you've got the coastal range on the outside kind of soothing the Pacific influence, and then you've got the Andes Mountains yeah. and all the, the range, incredible yeah. runoff and, and, and irrigation. And the Humboldt that. Current, if I recall, mm-hmm. by some mm-hmm. of the yes. uh, studies here. That's right. Which I need to... Because this year, everybody, I'm going to go for Master Sommelier. Next year, 2017, is on my uh, calendar. Uh, this is it. So we'll have a, a segment every week where I tell you about what I'm learning as a Master Sommelier cool. candidate. That's all. All right, next wine is something to cleanse our palate. This is Cava. I had the pleasure of tasting this Cava at the Fifth Avenue Gala. <laughs> Just like uh, the other day. <laughs> Happy New Year! Um, Cava, to me, is one of the best drinking values because it's made in the Champenoise method. It's a fantastic wine with uh, three grapes and um, Oh, actually up to five grapes, but mostly three grapes. Correct. Um, traditionally, Cava is made from um, Macabeo, which is also known as Viura. Charello begins with the X, X and has the dash O at the end, and Pareada. They, they can also use uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and uh, Subarit, which is kind of a Malvasia uh, varietal. Oh, I wasn't familiar with that yes. one. Yeah, That's good. Not much of it is used. This particular cava is from the Extremadura region of Spain, which is far, far to the west in the central portion of the country, almost on the border of Portugal. Um, cava, as you know, does not need to be from one particular region, although about it's 95%. five regions that have been uh, DOC'd for cava. And it's based on grape growth, production methods, varietals used, age in bottle, and then it has to be officially sanctioned by the cava regulador in order to leave as cava. Every bottle of cava always has a government sticker on it. Every bottle of cava is made in the method champenoise. I am a, I am a total proponent of cavas, whether they're mine or not. Yeah, it's a fantastic, delicious wine. Uh, obviously, there's a price point here, which is so uh, friendly and uh, approachable. Um, I love cava. I really enjoyed this cava, too, because it, the acidity is nice and bright. It's uh, moderately complex, and the finish is just moderate to moderate plus. Um, well-balanced and really delicious wine. What does this run here in Thanks. Seattle? So this is Cava Bonaval. We only bring in the one Brut Nature, the driest level, and it's 10 bucks. So it's the same as the Carmenere. 10 bucks. Wow. We <laughs> I might have to have actually a special segment called, uh, what do we call it, 10 Buck Charlie, not Chuck. Right, there you go. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? I'll tell you this too. It makes for great cocktails because it is so clean and crisp. It makes for great cocktails because it doesn't add any kind of odd off flavors to the other ingredients that you'll use. Well, I'll tell you what, that really cleansed my palate. I think the acid there is beautiful. Um, and of course, nine months aging in cava, which gives you some complexity exactly as a minimum. Right. And, but they're doing great stuff. And go, go figure that the dollar is so strong, they'll be able to do this. They're spending some money on it, but we get the benefit of having a, a good economy right now. Hopefully that carries through 2016. And who knows if there was a black December 31st. 
We won't know. Christopher, that's kind of a nice part of being the one-man operation is yeah. when the dollar is strong against the euro, I can wake up in the morning and be a little better off than All I was right. the day before. Right? So we went from Cava to uh, British Columbia. This is a very unique item, and you notice that everything I'm bringing in here is not really in traditional channels. I mean, a Carmen Air from Chile, a Brut Natur Cava from a non-known region in Spain, and this is a Method Champenoise from the Okanagan Valley, from Okanagan Falls, actually, in B.C., the uh, the name of the winery is Blasted Church. This Blasted! Blasted Church. It's got a great story about an old church that's on the property that they had to move, and the only way they could do it was to explode it with a certain amount of dynamite in the middle of the floor that pushed the nails out. They were able to dismantle it board by board and move it because this was required by the historical society. Everything they do has to do with Blasted Church. This is called OMG. This is fruity. Is this Chenin Blanc in here? It is 45% Pinot, 45% Chardonnay, and 10% Pinot Blanc. Ah. Uh. Uh, Pinot Blanc. It's a 2011 mm. vintage. So a little bit like the garagiste, uh, you know, champ the, the grower champagnes yeah, yeah, yeah. in France where they throw some Pinot Blanc in there, right? They did. Um, yeah. This one a little bit more expensive, $29, 30 um, That's Canadian taxes are yeah, so it, darn. It, it, I hate to tell you, it ain't cheap to bring stuff over from it's Canada, not, even no. compared to you bringing get, it over from Spain. You got to pay for that health care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell them to drink more red wine. That's part of the health plan. Dave, what did you think of that cava? Um, I like the austerity. Yeah. I like the level of acidity. It's very refreshing, too. Yeah, so. especially after those beautiful red wines we had with uh, uh, Seuss Creeks. And um, that Carmenere, that's a, a Carmenere. Yes, thank you. Um, good stuff. And uh, when we come back from this break, we have uh, one more wine, and it uh, looks like a Rosado, or is that a fortified wine? No, it is a pink. It is a rosé from yeah. Portugal. Ah, perfect. Um, I've had such a great time. And again, it's SeussCreekWine.com with those four fantastic Washington red wines. We've got the Carmenere. We've We've got the Cava Bonaval. Bonaval. And uh, the BC wine is OMG, so uh, you got to put that on Twitter. Hey, folks, stick around for segment four. I've got Keith Johnson and Dave Larson in the studio right here on Happy Hour Radio. Kristen Ackerman with Sip Northwest and Cidercraft Magazine, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I've got Dave Larson, the owner founder of SeussCreekWine.com. He's got some fantastic Washington wines. And Keith Johnson, who is with Decopa, and he's brought in some great values. Uh, Karma, Carmenere, uh, or Carmenere, which would be the Chilean pronunciation. Uh, the Cava from Spain, the Brut Natura, which means there's zero dosage, no sugar added to this uh, blend of Macabeo, Periata, and Chirino. It was that's Chardonnay. Macabeo and Pariata on this one. That's uh, all. That's it. Yeah. All right. My <laughs> memory. I should get a better memory. No, in you just know too much about Cava, I just Chris. too. I do. <laughs> and then the OMG, which is from British Columbia, um, called Blasted Church. This was uh, Chard, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Blanc. Correct. Um, tasty stuff. Uh, finally, we're going to finish with uh, what will now be the world's greatest wine movement. It's called Pink. And this, in Portugal, is it uh, Rosato or Rosado? It's, it's Rosado. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They like those D's, D-O-C's, D-O-G's, D-O-C-Q's. They do. They love them. And, and they love their rosés, too, by the way. I mean, if you look back in the years, the, the old guys like us remember the Matus and the Lancers of the world. I mean, this is what drove the rosé movement old. in the U.S., right? <laughs> I, my parents had candles in those glasses. Of course. Those bottles, those Wax clay. dripping yeah. down the side. That's right. That was a night. That was a that'll close the deal, baby. <laughs> Dave, well, you had Matus? Uh, oh yes, uh, that's that's uh, what we drank when we started uh, drinking wine back in the in the day. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't what was what else was there in that budget? Well, you know, and the So Grape Group owns Matus, and it is still just a monster of a product over there. There are like vans the cl- driving around the road with the Matus bottles painted on the sides of them everywhere. It's I like, like the clear bottle now is over there, and they got the clear bottle, yes, which is yes. sexy. Right? It is. It is. I guess the clay looked like some sort of. Uh, Urn or wait, uh, M4 or something. Right. All right. So we've got a great uh, rosado here, and uh, this is from Portugal. What's in this this wine? This is fifty percent um, tempranillo, which is called Aragones there. Aragones. Uh, Aragones, uh, and mm-hmm. then also fifty percent Castelao, or it would look like Castaleo if you saw the spelling on it. Mm-hmm. Um, both are obviously dark-skinned grapes. So what? people can't see by listening to us is how deep pink this wine really is rather than that very very pale salmon almost going orange direction yes. that a lot of Provence uh, you wines, know Provence though. wines of course in Oregon um, there's a beauty to those but but Portuguese rosés are not intended to be especially delicate that way they like them to be wines that can stand up to food you know that are loaded with acid this one almost has kind of a tart strawberry rhubarbish thing going on i find and it's, re- I mean, it could stand up to a grilled hamburger. Has this seen any oak? No, there's none a, there's at all. a vein of sweetness that, but that must be the fruit. Uh, it's just the Castelao fruit. Castelao fruit, yeah. and um, it finishes dry. The tannin here is a little more structured than most rosés. Yes, thank you. I should say most rosés that are meant to be rosés. Right. There's a lot of uh, runoff that seems to get a little tannin. True story. True um, story. Dave Larson, are you a rosé fan? I'm becoming one, yeah. I'm on the bandwagon. On the bandwagon. Hey, yep. way to jump on. There's plenty of room. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, man. Uh, the name of this winery is, uh, this wine is actually from a wonderful co-op in the Alentejo region of Portugal. Which is the lower uh, south. Uh, which is, yes, it's about a third of the country in terms of overall space, but it's only about 2% of the population. So it's a little bit like eastern Washington there. Very dry. It's olive trees, cork oaks, where most of the cork that is produced for, for wine corks all around the world are grown. Um, wine grapes, a little bit of wheat. It's, and what? Uh, lamb? It, well, <laughs> Sheep? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Lots of pig. Lots of pig. You know the black Alentejo pig. Uh, that is the same as the Iberican ham. They don't know the borderline, and that's oh, the right. region that they come that's from. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. They eat acorns, too? Uh, yeah, they do. And when they're finished, when they finish their lives eating those acorns, that is the most wonderful meat it that is. you could ever get. I've ordered one. It's um, it's an expensive endeavor, but it lasts a damn long time. Yeah. You get a 12-pound uh, black pig leg, and it's just, uh, it's well, you're in heaven. You got that right. So this one's called Alborada, Christopher. I'm sorry, Alborada. I didn't, I didn't answer the question. Alborada Rosé. Um, Colleta Especial. Colleta means vintage. Uh, harvest, or harvest, yeah, special okay. harvest is kind of the intent of that term on this bottle. So they picked this early. Um, yes, they do. They pick it early enough, and it is also, they will use the secondary juice from this crush um, in some of their red wine blends there. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's tasty. Tastes the way to finish. Uh, what, a, what a pleasure. What a treat to welcome the new year and uh, have uh, Dave Larson and Keith Johnson, both of you in the studio. Uh, well, Keith, 
Um, how can people find these wines online or at a store? Uh, most of the stores that we're in are going to be the local neighborhood independents. Um, as I mentioned, uh, just about everything here is also at Whole Foods markets. But look in your Leshy Marts and look in your Esquins and your Pete's and, you know, the places that, that are indies that, that people like to shop in. Lots of restaurants in town pour these as well. I love it because, um, you know, today for the first show, we've got fantastic Washington wine and fantastic wines from around the world. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Hey, folks, uh, coming up in February, we've got a taste of Walla Walla, so uh, check it out, Walla Walla Wine Alliance.com. I'll see you there in February, but hope you enjoyed this New Year's show and hope you have a great New Year's. Uh, remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!